I should turn the mic on. There we go. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Sorry about that. It's about to turn the mic on. What is happening? Welcome to Film Junkie Live on your Wednesday hump day. Oh, man. We got lots to talk about, of course. Thank you guys for clicking in. Always appreciate it. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you want to become a member. We do a members-only stream after every Wednesday stream, so you can pick my brain a little more. You know, I try to give a little bit of tea, you know, a little bit more tea of things when it comes to those streams, so appreciate it for everybody who has become a member. Hopefully you guys are enjoying yourself. And then, of course, i got all the sock meds around me. Uh, I'm all over the place, you know, every one, except for TikTok at the moment. But, uh, yeah, Patreon's also there, too. Posted a self-pod last night. Anyways, who's out there? All right, we got Mr. Francisco uh, Hernandez. Question, when is the original extended cut for The Flash supposed to come out? That's going to be interesting if there is some kind of extended cut or director's cut. As far as I could tell, not going to happen. I know at some point this movie was a solid as fuck movie before WBD and Gunn started making changes. No, that's not true. The only thing that was added was that little ending. I don't know why everybody wants to like, it's uh, it's James Gunn. It's fucking James Gunn. It's like, no, it's not. Everything you saw in there was Andy Muschietti. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. WB is screwed. Well... We'll talk about that. What a mess, says Pedro. We got Patrick right here. Hi, Dave. Why so serious? I watched Superman and Lois, Class of Nine, and my hero. And Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Who else we got out here? We got Omri Daniels right here. That's not going to happen. Okay, you're responding to him. I have no vested interest in watching Blue, The Flash, Blue Beetle, or Aquaman. All right. Make those proclamations. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to. Nobody's making it. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. Just, you know, just don't don't shit on the people who are looking forward to that. That's all. That's all we can just have. I really like The Flash. Chucky, they really like The Flash, but they should have stuck with the OG Keaton Supergirl ending. It made more sense and fit emotionally with the movie. Yeah, but it was just, that was all just with that whole Hamada connectivity to Batgirl that got screwed up. So, Tony Movie Chappy D9, Neil Blomkamp fan. I just rewatched Superhero Spoof movie, and this movie is so outlandish, hilarious, and I just miss the spoof genre in general so much. Thank you. I know. We need a good spoof movie. I love watching spoof movies. Your airplanes, your hot shots, your naked guns. And yes, superhero movie was fantastic because it was mainly sp- uh, spoofing Spider-Man. And there, I remember just going to the theater and me and my friends just fucking laughing our asses off. It was so great. It was so great. What's going on, Galactic Fearsome? Good to see you. Ollie, what's up? We got Brennan right here. Good to see you, buddy. And also uh, Mr. Fear Jason. Always good to see you, bud. Uh, Mr. Venom, what's happening? We got Miss Gorgeous Nighthawk right here. Good to see you. And we got uh, Eric Hardboiled Entertainment. Hey, Dave, saw The Flash on Monday, as you know, and I enjoyed it a lot. Hmm, actually found the Clooney bit kind of acceptable as a Quantum Leap 
type punchline. Ever saw that show? Oh, yeah. Quantum Leap is great. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's funny because I, I had people in my mentions going, I can't believe you actually like that whole thing. I'm like, with a crazy mess of whatever the hell is happening, you know, when it comes to these movies, the fact that there's like no real continuation, I thought that was a pretty good gag to put in there. I'm just saying. Hi, Russ. Turn the caps lock off. My God. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Got Joe Biden behind that keyboard. What's going on, Mama Film Junkie? Hi, Mom. Love you. All right. Good to see you. Who else we got here? Uh, let's see. We got Mind of Inception. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Yep. You know, it's just, it was a pretty easy going Wednesday. We got Stephanie T right here. Good to see you. What's going on, ACS? Always good to see you, bud. Oh, okay. I got to see what was uh, what was in here. Okay, so we got uh, some... Oh, Nighthawk is already... Let's see. Haha, DC is burning. DC is burning. MCU is winning. MCU is... Oh, okay. So we got a MCU fanboy right here. <laughs> it's always fun. All right. So good job, Nighthawk. Talk, you know, you got him talking shit. DC... Okay, so he was spamming. So, all right. This is why we have moderators, folks. So a way to be on top of that, Nighthawk, as opposed to being... A, okay. Um... <laughs> it's gonna make a off anyways okay so uh hi dave finally got to see the flash enjoyed just uh way the many jokes especially the dick jokes really oh okay the dick oh okay you enjoyed it but you enjoyed it the way too many dick too many j dick jokes okay sorry i got a little confused right there sorry about that but yes um yeah keaton we got jordan that says keaton right there okay uh, let's see, Cortez, still haven't seen The Flash, but I will eventually, cautiously optimistic about Blue Beetle and not gonna see Aquaman, okay. I said, just, yeah, what's up with the capitalized stuff, come on, man, we need a third solo, oh, okay, well, when we talk about one of the things, specifically the third topic when it comes to the Schumacher cut, we're gonna talk about that, so, <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what the hell, you know. Okay. <laughs> Jose, yo, what up? What up, people? Flash is great. I don't care what any hater says. The CGI criticism is only one I'll understand, but I don't think it should ruin the whole movie. Yeah, especially when you realize that some of the, the, the reason why, and, you know, I mean, we talked about this on the Vodka stream, and we talked about it to the, the, the man who knows his lenses is, yes, maybe that was part of it, was the fact that when things, Andy Muschietti chose a specific lens, just like Zack Snyder sh chose a specific lens for Army of the Dead, and people didn't like that either. I thought it was great and I thought it was different and something unique. Just like when it comes to The Flash, putting those v VFX in that lens kind of like, yeah, I don't know if it was just like something that was like they weren't ready for or something. I don't know. There's like the lenses, though. And I've talked to Steven about that again, too. So <clears throat> um, let's see here. Cap chat is the best. All right. So um who else we got who else we got who else we got anyway okay up 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 we got mark right here the director explained this the reason for the cj look weird in the speed force yeah 
Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. And I know, too, like, there's also uh, somebody uh, I saw on my timeline. There was, like, a video passed around about this one young kid who was talking about working on The Flash in the VFX department. And he, of course, did all the, you know, he said the things that we've been hearing, especially when it comes to Marvel. When it comes to Marvel and how, like, you know, the deadlines and whatnot and blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, uh, as, as much as that, you know, that is a lot of that's true, of course. But at the same time, it's like. I'm I'm just gonna tell you guys now. It was like any when it came to the Chrono Bowl and the Speed Force kind of stuff. It's like yeah, there's certain things, ideas that were implemented by Andy Muschietti and the VFX supervisor, which of course is Mr. Mike Drop, DJ. And yeah, some people might think that that guy probably was bullshit. I don't know if you saw the video, but. According from my, to my information, that it's it's not he's not bullshit. He's not bullshit. He's not bullshit. So, but I remember seeing that video and kind of going like, is this actually because you know it's a TikTok video, somebody doing the green screen thing, holding up one of those. What is up with the the, the whole tick? I mean, I, that's just the whole TikTok thing now, where you have to hold up a tiny mic, and then you have to like you know. What TikTok does is like cuts you out, puts you in front of a video and you hold up the thing and you start pointing up, pointing up, pointing up. Yeah. So this is I mean, like that's all these TikTok. That's what these TikTokers do now. They hold up a shitty mic that they got from a Walgreens. They got some, you know, earbuds from a Walgreens and they're using a little tiny mic that was attached to it. And then they're just like doing this. You know, it's like, hey, just do a voiceover. <laughs> How about that? Just do a voiceover. We don't need to see you. But then again, you know, we're all narcissists here. But anyways, okay, so. All right, I already ranting off right now, but it's all good. All right, let me make sure everything's good on my end here. But yeah, thank you guys, of course, for uh, jumping in. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Do all that. I know I sounded like an old man right now. Get off my lawn kind of thing. But it's just I, I always noticed that when it came to <laughs> when it came to uh, TikTok. It's like, wow, it's always like that certain type of video when you see it. It's like, all right. Okay, let's get on. Let's get it on right now. Let's go to the tweets. We'll get that at tweets right now. All right, here we go. Okay. And, of course, we've got some beautiful freaking um, Snyderverse, DCF United, of course. Ah, looking at that crisp, crisp dark side underwater right there with those fiery eyes. So cool. So freaking cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Walk off right there. And then I love this right here. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the same pose with a bloody face. 1989 to 2023 right there. Got to love that. Gotta love that. And this is hilarious. Okay, so apparently, Vin Diesel releases a new video revealing that Fast and Furious 11 will incorporate fan feedback after the somewhat mixed response to Fast X. What? I mean, people are just kind of tired of it now. I think that's it. That's all, Vin. It's the 10th movie, and it's gotten so ridiculous that people just don't care anymore. That's the thing. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's all you got to do, okay? Wrap it up. 
But I love what Steven put right here. He saw Dominic Toretto in Fast 11 after Vin Diesel incorporates fan feedback. And we all know that, <laughs> well, I don't know where this image came from, but it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Because we all know that Vin Diesel is not as tall as he makes it seem to be. He does wear boots with lifts in them. And, of course, when we all know that shot where he's, like, eye-to-eye to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is, like, 6'4", 6'5", there's, no, there's no way that he's that tall. He's under six feet. So it's funny. I don't know what they... Okay, fan feedback, fine. Oops. Where are we at here? We're right here. Okay, there we go. All right, keep on going. Uh, Christopher Nolan says, People who've seen Oppenheimer... Leave the movie absolutely devastated. They can't speak. All right. So obviously we all know that Barbie and Oppenheimer are coming out the same week. As much as I'm rooting for Oppenheimer because it's Christopher Nolan, one of my all-time favorite directors, and it looks epic and insane. And the fact that he actually like did a mini version of like almost like an atomic bomb kind of thing. Very much looking forward to the movie. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year. But... To think that people are going to flock to it over Barbie when it comes to general audiences, I just don't know. And then I just love the fact that Christopher Nolan, when he's giving like these quotes and interviews and, and stuff, it's just saying like, yeah, people leave devastated and they can't speak. It's like, yeah, sometimes people, when they want to go to the movies, especially with the group, they don't really want that. But hey, I'm going to go see both. So no big deal. I'll see both, but it's just kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Hey, look at this. Batgirl. Yeah, remember when we got the uh, the Batgirl behind-the-scenes images? Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers started pulling those things down. I don't know if they started pulling this one down. I probably shouldn't show it, but I'm showing it because apparently there was some kind of Christmas party thing, uh, thing that was happening in the movie, and I'm sure there was going to be a callback to Batman Returns or something like that, but there's Keaton with the two directors. There they are. That's right. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we also have Christopher Nolan that says... Uh, that says he saw Oppenheimer. To, he showed Oppenheimer to a filmmaker recently who said it's kind of a horror movie. I don't disagree. So it's kind of a horror movie, too, which makes me more intrigued. And then I'm kind of going like um, I'm kind of going who which filmmaker did he show it to? Huh? Which filmmaker did he show it to? Which filmmaker did he show it to? I don't know. Which filmmaker do you think he showed it to? Beats me. Anyways, let's keep on going. Nicholas Cage. That's right. This is awesome right here. This is awesome. So <clears throat> we got Dan Mora right here who has a special cover for Batman and Superman World's Finest number 19 that's coming out in September. Coming out in September and they put Nicholas freaking Cage. Nicholas freaking Cage right on the uh, the cover right here. Well, uh, that's, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Obviously, we saw Nicolas Cage. Again, spoilers. We're not, we're talking spoilers when it comes to The Flash right there, so. Um, but yeah, they put Nicolas Cage on the poster right there in his own, like, superhero costume. At first, I was like, what superhero is he? And then I was like, oh, wait, that's an N on his chest, and then he's got a C on his belt, which is pretty damn cool right there, so. That's right. And then I love the fact that Batman has the 89 logo. You guys know I love that 89 logo with the feet. So, 
Good for Nicolas Cage. Sure he loves that. He's on a comic book cover. We got Gal Gadot with Arnold. That's right. That's right. I'm with Wonder Woman. We're going to do something together. That's right. She's, I'm still in my prime. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. From Tadam. And apparently if you go to uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you go to Max right here, they talk about the Batman saga. I mean, obviously we only have one movie you can watch on there, but we're going to get the Penguin series that, of course, has been halted by the writer's strike. But, you know, we're going to get there's going to be a whole section called called the Batman saga. And this is hilarious right here. I don't think I've ever seen this. I don't know if you guys have seen it, probably, because it's been around for a bit. But while promoting the Star Trek Beyond, this is hilarious right here. Carl, Carl Urban and, uh, God damn, it was a, what, the, what is his name again? Well, I forgot what this actor who played Sulu. Totally drawn a blank on his name. Somebody in the chat will say something. Uh, oh, don't worry. I'll say hi to you, Droga. Don't worry. I see you, Axel. You're good. You're good. But this is pretty hilarious right here. Listen to this during this interview. Um, if you could set up the teleport between one place and another, where would that be? Like your bed to five guys? Or where would you choose? I'm sorry? Your teleport, your... Our she bed said to five guys. guys? Yeah. What? Where, like, for me, I would do my bedroom straight to a so five guys. That's where five, I would What's a five guys? It's like a burger place. Oh! <laughs> Not five guys, <laughs> Jesus! Like, you like, well, you hey, said whatever bed, you're into, I mean, I'm in my I mean, that's yeah, fun. That's that sounds good. I mean, not that I'm in. I mean, are you asking? That's the way you roll. No, because I'm... Good listen. job. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Wow. I'm impressive. Oh, wow. I'm impressed. Uh, Both of you guys' impressed. eyes are like... I mean, come on, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. And it's John Cho. There you go. Thank you. I knew I knew Cho was the last name, but I couldn't remember his first. I almost said Ryan. Um, but that's just hilarious. Just the way that they both collectively were like, oh, because she she starts talking about teleporting to five guys. And that's what's always the running joke when it comes to five guys is the fact that, I mean, five guys, if you don't know what a five guys is, yeah, it's a hamburger place. It's absolutely delicious. It's amazing. And I highly suggest there's a secret burger on the menu called the grilled cheese burger, which is what I had the last time I went there and it was freaking awesome. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just so freaking funny that they were. I love I love how they're just like oh because they're. I mean look at her, look at their reaction when she says five guys. Right um, here. If you could set up a teleport between one place and another, where would that be? Like your bed to five guys or. What? Our bed to five guys? Yeah. What? Where, like for me, I would do my bedroom straight to a to five guys. That's where five, I What's a five guys? It's like a burger oh that's hilarious that's hilarious i mean I, I laughed a lot at that i really laughed at a lot at that right there that's pretty freaking funny come on anyways all right glad we enjoyed them yeah five guys is amazing um anyways uh, and then we got the evolution of aaron taylor johnson this guy you know started with kick-ass and then he was Quicksilver in the MCU, and now he is Craven right there. So there you go. That's the evolution of Aaron Taylor Johnson in uh, comic book movies. Three comic book movies that this guy's been in. It's just kind of funny to see that evolution right there. And, uh, you know, one of the things when it came to Craven the Hunter that I didn't even realize when I did a trailer reaction, but yeah, he's not really rocking the, the Russian accent that 
I guess that people were thinking that he was going to have because, well, Craven is Russian. He did rock, he did rock a Russian accent when he was Quicksilver, so. But yeah, there he is right there, all those. And then, yes, yes, Chad Shadelsky, Shahelsky, I never say his name right, says they've had talks about adding best stunts category to the Oscars. I think it's something that can happen as soon as the next Oscars or at least the one after that. So, hey, guys, finally, we might get some representation with the stunt world at the Oscars. It should be all the awards. Should be so many awards when it comes to stunt work because, let's face it, that's an art form. That is an art form, so awesome to hear that. Awesome to hear that. And then this is funny too, guys. Um, I mean, I hope you guys, anybody here who's part of the Snyder fandom, didn't get fooled by this account right here. But if anybody is any uh, familiar with a, an account that's called Goddess of War, but, uh, you know, with a V, I guess you could say, war spelled with a V as, as opposed to an A. Um, this is an account that I always, that I, I came across throughout the years, never followed or anything like that because something did not feel right when it came to, when I, when I first came across this account, talking about the Snyderverse a lot, and then of course being part of that, you know, that fun, loud side of the fandom mainly. And I was like, huh, and then I, you click on it and you see, you see stuff, you know, you see images like this and, you know, from Paris and whatnot and whatever the hell, Something didn't quite add up. Something didn't quite add up. And turns out that somebody figured it out that, uh, yeah, that was, um, somebody was catfishing. So that account was actually bullshit, and somebody was pulling images from somebody else's Instagram, some just total random Instagram, and uh, playing it off like they were this person right there. You might have seen this. I've seen this account couple of times I've seen mutual people interact with, with this account, mainly had a Wonder Woman avatar. So don't be fooled, guys. It's just kind of funny, though, because there's a lot of people, like, like I said, on that side of the fandom, that loud side of the fandom, that do not like me, who interacted with this account, thinking that it was actually legit, and it was like, nah, -uh, there's not, there's no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's, there's no way that that is the actual person behind that account, and sure enough, it is not. Somebody figured it out and asked. Asked on there, and it's this person right here. What? I don't have a Twitter. So, yeah, somebody was doing that. So, be careful. Be careful, people. Be careful. And it's just kind of funny because the, the, the dudes that don't like me in the fandom, all simping for this account right here. All simping. Oh, man, I've seen some bad, some bad react, uh, uh, some responses to her tweets that have been floating around, too. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. I mean, just use your brain. Like I said, the first time I came across this account, I'm like, something doesn't add up here. You're talking about the Snyderverse a lot, but you're also, like, taking trips to fucking Paris, and you're, like, a model or something? What the hell? Doesn't make, didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. So don't be fooled, guys. Don't be fooled. I'm not saying there's not beautiful, there's not some beautiful girls in the fandom. No, there surely is. But at the same time, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta look at some, at some, at the way that they're posting and stuff like that. You gotta be careful when it comes to this. Anyways. Uh, and then this is a pretty good tweet right here from Empire City Box Office. 
This is what they posted right here, and I really like this tweet. That's why I retweeted it. It says, I didn't particularly like The Flash, but can we just move forward to the inevitable part months from now when everything has calmed down and suddenly the big trend will be to post, you know what? The Flash was actually fine. I enjoyed it. We all know it's coming. Yeah. Just like with some people who actually said it was okay are now going to hate it. I'm looking at you, Axel. Um, no, I'm just saying you're going to get that reverse, you know, you're going to get that thing where like people go, you know what? I gave it another shot. It's actually not that bad. When I take my, my, my fandom brain out of it, I'm okay. I'm actually, you know what? It's an enjoyable movie. I mean, I don't think I'm going to change my mind. I've seen it twice and I still stick with what I thought about it the first time, you know? So, (laughs) oh yeah, but you're starting to hate it, right? You're starting to hate it. Anyways, and then have you guys seen this crazy story? Have you seen this crazy story? We all know about this story right here, right? About this uh, submersive um, vehicle that went down into, that took people, rich people, down to go see the Titanic. $250,000. $250,000 a seat to go down and see the Titanic with this guy right here who created his own his his own little submarine miniature submarine Ocean Gate and it's controlled by a Logitech gaming controller and now nobody knows where the hell it is nobody knows where the hell it is they can't find it they can't find it because there wasn't proper proper things when it came to this whole thing there's a whole video talking about it right here. Improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf pieces yeah. of this sub. Why would anybody improvised. pay 250k to go into from, this makeshift uh, thing that this dude we just decided to make? With this game controller. It's <laughs> ran with a game controller. Oh, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is insane. It's an insane freaking story. It's an absolutely insane story. So they haven't found them yet. Hopefully they do. I mean, it's sad. Can you imagine that? You go down into this freaking thing and you're like, okay, everything's good. And then everything goes to shit. And then you're just stuck. You're just stuck. You're just stuck in this tube, this small tube underwater and they can't find them. And they're supposedly, supposedly, they're supposedly going to be, you know, um, they're going to be doing like a mini documentary that I saw. I don't know. It's all crazy. It's all freaking crazy. All right. And then we got Disney's chief diversity officer, Latandra Newton. She's uh, exited. She's exited. She's exited the um, as Disney's chief of diversity right here. Yes, that's right. Disney is still struggling when it comes to keeping people. And, uh, you know, that whole thing. Yeesh. That doesn't look good. Hey, we got some concept art, some Batfleck concept art right there on the Bat bike. Gotta love that. Ah, boy. Of course, I'm going to be uh, giving you guys my review of Secret Invasion. But, yes, this came about today. And, no oh boy, the opening credits. Yes, right, guys. The opening credits of Secret Invasion was made by AI. So, if you guys watched it and you saw this really eerie opening sequence when it came to secret invasion 
It was made by AI. That's right. AI has now made its way into Marvel Studios. We are doomed, guys. We are doomed. Here are some of the images right here. I thought that was a little interesting when it came to Sam Jackson. But yeah, so there we go. Look at that. That is creepy looking. Huh. So, of course, naturally, this was uh, received a lot of backlash. I will say, though, because I watched the episode right after I got done with work. And when I saw the opening, I went, huh, it's eerie and I like it. I do, because there's just something about it that is creepy and eerie and everything like that. I thought I was like, okay, there's it's it's kind of creating a, a, an aesthetic, I guess you could say. But at the same time, this is what everybody's kind of fearing when it comes to these big, huge companies just going like, ah, we don't need people. We got AI. And I think that's what we're all kind of fearing right now. But um, so, yeah, Marvel Studios already utilizing AI for the opening of Secret Invasion. Holy Lord. Holy Lord. Holy Lord. That's right. Skynet is taking over, guys. But like I said, I don't hate that opening because there's something, I mean, it's like a, a, a live painting that is just all creepy and weird. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't like, you know, a lot of us are just like, well, I don't like the fact that AI is actually doing it right there. So, ah, but yeah, so that's, that's my two cents on it. It's like, I wonder if they're actually going to remove the title and create a different one. They might do that. Personally, I, I mean, I would have probably preferred more of a James Bond type opening and actually had like cool stuff where, it, you know, it's visual effects artists making the visuals and you have Sam Jackson in there and you got some scrolls in there and stuff like that. But yeah, this was just like some freaky weird painting come to life. Oof. That's right. I am artificial intelligence. Trad Stahelski also said that he's almost finished with the director's cut of John Wick 4, so that's pretty exciting, too. All right, keep going, keep going. This is pretty funny. Ghostbusters 3 blog right here, talking about, of course, that um, the sub thing for uh, the Titanic and being run by a Logitech controller. Well, remember, the Statue of Liberty in Ghostbusters 3 was run by a Nintendo con controller, so that's that's funny. There's Paul Dano, the real-life YouTuber named Rory Roaring Kitty in Dumb Monkey, who helped to inspire the movement to drive up GameStop stock. Remember when that happened? That was insane. So there he is right there with a headband and everything. Man, so. Shocker! Shocker! El Muerto is no longer, it no longer has a release date. No longer has a release date. Whoops. Yeah, I think we all suspected this happening. I mean, earlier this week, I think it was it was earlier this week, right? That they said that, oh, yeah, it's still scheduled. It's still set to, uh, they're going to start filming in August. They're going to start filming in August. Yeah, that ain't happening anymore. Now they've removed it. This, this movie ain't happening. It's probably because they saw the reaction to Craven the Hunter trailer. And they were like, you know what? Maybe we should stop doing something like this. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think we're we're pretty much we know that it's uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then we got Margot Robbie uh, has 40 costumes in Barbie. So expect 40 costumes right there. And we don't need that right there. And then, of course, we have 
Man, I am sorry, guys, but I, I downed up too much water before I got here, so I'm gonna, I have to like go to the bathroom right now. So hold on just one sec. I apologize, guys. I'm gonna put the start screen back on, but I'm, I'm sitting here doing a pee-pee dance. I, I apologize. I apologize for this, so hold on a sec. All right, quality entertainment right here, guys. That's right. Sorry about that. I was like, holy crap. It's just hitting really bad right now. So we're back. We're back. So there you go. Whew. Ah, yeah, that's right. I still had the mic on. So that's why I went, ah, like that. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't turn off the mic. Again, this is what happens when you come to Film Junkie Live. You get this quality entertainment right here. Holy Lord. Remember when Zach left to go pee? <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot to turn off the mic. So if you heard me pee, that's why I went like, oh, uh, we heard, okay, good. That's what I wanted. I wanted that. So, yeah, I ran real quick, real quick. Uh, it was great. Jesus Christ. I know, I drank a freaking bunch of water, like, prior to all this and i'm like that's not good that's not good but there you go guys you're welcome you're welcome you're welcome next time i'll remember to turn off the mic but i was like nah don't turn off the mic they want to hear you pee so i went ah anyways we're back at it here folks Warner Brothers Discovery is reportedly in talks to license some HBO shows including insecure to netflix <gasps> uh-oh 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 See, and I just caused uh, Night Nighthawk to uh, have to pee. Um, but uh, HBO veterans reportedly pushed back against the plan, but corporate financial consideration won out. So, yeah, this is all what's happening right now, folks. And, and naturally, of course, we see the, um, the sale of the Snyderverse to Netflix people are starting to, you know, when any time that something like this comes about, they start freaking out. But it's kind of funny, though, and I saw Saggy here earlier. I don't know if she's here now. But uh, she did post earlier that somebody created that hashtag and tried to start that campaign back in 2021, which is funny, the sell the Snyderverse to uh, Netflix thing, which won't happen. Um, but it was like something that uh, that was created like, uh, like almost two years ago that somebody actually coined that that hashtag. And then, of course, we have the people who are now running it who just took it over probably didn't give credit to that person and yeah you know how it is you know how it is oh people you gotta love it again it's like that side of the fandom that doesn't like me and everything like that they are taking a lot of they're taking some l's lately taking some l's lately anyways uh margot robbie says kenergy is not something you can define. It's just something you can sense and you know it. So now we're going to have a new 
phrase called Kennergy when it comes to the Barbie movie. And I guess, you know, Kennergy is that. Kennergy is that. So expect that phrase to be around. This intrigues me right here. M. Night Shyamalan says uh, that his next film, Trapped, Trap, is described as a psychological thriller set at a concert. I like this. I like this. A psychological thriller set at a concert. That is very intriguing right there. Absolutely intriguing. Oh, boy. Yes, that's right. Here we go. More of this right here. Yeah, it's just not looking good. Yeah, it's still not looking good when it comes to uh, when it comes to the, the Flash movie. So when it comes to the Flash and this weekend that's coming up, I mean, there's no blockbusters that come out this that come out this week. It's just uh, the Jennifer Lawrence movie is coming out. I mean, that would be crazy if it ends up doing better than the Flash. But I think the Flash is actually going to be number one this weekend as well. It's already uh, been predicted or projected that the flash is tracking to earn 22 to 25 million dollars domestic in its second weekend which is a decline around 60 percent hey it's not the high 60s it's not the mid 60s if it's just around 60 hey it's not that bad right (laughs) it's not that bad oi wouldn't it be crazy if it actually was lower that would be crazy But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, not looking good when it comes to the second weekend. But, uh, hey, don't let it discourage you. If you want to go see it this weekend, go see it this weekend if you enjoyed it. Why not? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going back and seeing it for a second time. I've already seen it twice. Um, So, yeah, you never know. Maybe I'll go, you know, I'll see it a third time possibly. I tried, actually, when it came to my dad on Father's Day. I I did throw it out there. I'm like, hey, let's go see it. You took me to see Batman 89? I'll take you to go see The Flash. But he was tired from work, so it didn't happen, you know, but tried. So hopefully he does see it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, 60%, yeah, not too too great, not too great, this movie, I don't know. But, yeah, we're going to talk about the reaction with all this. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what that exact number is. And, uh, man, how quickly is it going to show up on uh, Max, right? It's probably going to show up on Max, you know, a couple weeks from now, I'm imagining. Just put it on there. Put it on there. Okay. And then look at this right here. So this is interesting. So if anybody interested in the uh, Joker 2 right here, so apparently we got Lawrence Schur, director of photography for Joker 2, showed YouTuber Maddie Habaja, 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 I don't know how to say, yeah, an exclusive book with footage from the sequel. And of course it's blurred out right here, but this guy got... What is this, Larry? I want to give it to you, man. I want you to, to flip through what here. What the hell? You got I want to see seconds. it. I'm going to, I'm going to the front cover. No. Yeah, I just I don't know. I got a picture. Don't lie. It's oh, just no, porn. Shots on it's the porn. Back. Wait, we got to find a way. <laughs> Cinema for, porn. You have to be able to make sure 60 seconds for real, eh? Yeah, yeah. Seeing too much already. I feel like. <laughs> see, he's like, look at it. There's already an art book. I mean, my God. That's pretty crazy. Is he in trouble? I don't know, but I'm like lucky. He got to look at some shots, so he see he's seeing all kinds of shots and whatever the hell when it comes to to the Joker sequel. I'm like, all right, good on him, good on him. Pretty interesting. All right, 
James Gunn talking about uh, Pom Clementif. Clementif. Of course, I'm probably saying her name wrong because I say all the names wrong. But Miss Pom. Apparently, uh, you know, according to uh, DCU on comicbook.com, James Gunn and uh, Miss Palm are talking about a role for her in the DC universe. And James Gunn responded by saying, well, not as often as we talk about the cat video she sends me multiple times a day. But yes, of course, she is uh, one of my favorite collaborators. So expect her to show up probably in the DCU. What are we thinking? Lady Chiva? Lady Shiva? Huh? Do that? I mean, I saw, you know, she could be a poison ivy for all we know. I don't know. Who are we thinking? Who are we thinking? Mercy Graves? Could be somebody like that. I don't know. Probably a bigger role than Mercy, right? Is going to be Mercy Graves, you think, Droga? And then James Mangold describes his planned Swamp Thing movie. While I'm sure DC views Swamp Thing as a franchise, I would be viewing it as a very simple, clean, gothic horror movie about this man-monster. That sounds awesome. As it should be. I mean, what did Zack, what did Zack Snyder say? He said, I mean, if you're going to shoot... If, you're, if you don't know if you're going to get a sequel, just, you know, you just shoot the whole entire... I forgot exactly what his words were. But just, 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 or maybe it was somebody else. Was it Zack Snyder? I don't know. But it was just basically like, hey, or maybe it was David F. Sandberg. Could be David F. Sandberg. I don't know. But just basically like, you know, if you're doing a Swamp Thing movie, you don't know. I mean, sure, they'd probably be like, maybe there's potential for sequels or whatever the hell. Now just put everything you want in there. Make it what you want. And hopefully what James Gunn is saying is like, yeah, let's get the different tones with the different filmmakers and let them shoot their freaking movie. So if James Mangold is approaching the movie as, hey, this might be a one-off and I'm just focusing on this story, I'm not thinking about sequels, then so be it. So be it. But then again, we might think like maybe James Gunn will come in and be like, well, we're going to, we need to tease, you know, Justice League Dark or something like that. We're going to have a, a John Constantine that shows up or something like that. I don't know, but... I do like what James Mangold says, that it's just going to be a simple, clean, gothic horror movie about this man monster. And I think that's pretty, that's a good way to go. It's a good way to go. Uh, Blue Beetle director, uh, I know, you know, Mr. Uh, Soto right here was basically saying that uh, the film is part of the new DCU, which we already knew because James Gunn said it on Rosenbaum's podcast last week. And we all kind of assumed, but uh, hey, it's cool that, it's cool that he uh, also mentioned that, that he also mentioned it too, I guess. And Mr. Ali Salim, who has been, you know, directing Secret Invasion, apparently he was, uh, he was told by Feige and Marvel Studios not to read the comic storyline before working on the show. So again, we have James Gunn, and I get it, people just can't stand that guy, but we have James Gunn, who is trying to incorporate the comic books, and he's even recommended certain comic books for the new slate. And he goes, yeah, read these comic books. Not to mention he has, when he's been working on Superman Legacy, he has shown pictures where he has a comic book open, a graphic novel open for Superman. He's reading it to figure all this out. Meanwhile, over at Marvel Studios, they're like, nah, you don't need to read the comics. Nah, why? What's in the comic books? What are you going to find out there? No, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. It's fine. 
oh, why do you need to read comic books? That's <laughs> just like, what? And why would he actually say that? That's another thing. It's like, why would he actually say that? He shouldn't. He sh I'm like, you're in an interview and you're going to say that? That probably is not the best thing to say. Not going to be the best thing to say. So I don't know. Just very interesting. I never read the Secret Invasion comic book or storyline, so I, I can't compare. I really can't compare. So, I mean, maybe, you know, eventually I'll get around to it, but I just was not a Marvel guy when I was growing up, and I didn't really read too much Marvel graphic novels or storylines or comic books. So, but yeah, none of them read comic books. Anybody see what's wrong with this image right here? Huh? Anyone? What's wrong with this image right here? Oh, we're going to get a 4K Ultra HD in October with 10 DCEU movies. And you got Aquaman, you got Batman vs. Superman, but mm, not the ultimate cut. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, Shazam. Just the, oh yeah, we get both Shazams. Oh, what, is that that Justice League movie? Mm, something tells me, yeah, it's going to be that one Justice League movie. And then, of course, we got Black Adam and Man of Steel. So no Suicide Squad, no Birds of Prey. It's all about the heroes when it comes to this pack right here but i mean um i mean it's not like i would get this anyways even if it had like the ultimate cut of batman versus superman or Zack snyder justice league i still wouldn't buy it because yeah, i mean why <laughs> why i mean they do incorporate the flash but eh, we'll see but i get it i get it they're not gonna they're not gonna like um they're gonna put the two hour shit cut of justice league in there as opposed to the four hour cut that we all love and then they're going to put the shorter cut of BVS as opposed to the three-hour cut. So I, I understand it, but at the same time, I'm just like, yep, now, nah. Why even do that? Why even do that? Ugh. Why even do that? And then, yes, folks, this is where we're at right now in the world. I mean, it, it's bad enough that we have an old geezer that is running the country who doesn't know where he is half the time. And we have other politicians that suck as well. But we also have rich billionaire dorks that are challenging each other to cage matches. <laughs> what? Apparently Elon Musk, and he's probably not serious because it's Elon Musk. He likes to troll. I'm up for a cage match if he is. And then Mark Zuckerberg said, send me location. He said, send me location. He didn't say, send me the location, like a human being would say. He said, send me location, because he's a fucking robot. He is AI. But apparently, yes, we're, at, we're, at, we're, we're here, folks. I mean, I don't even think Mike Judge. I've seen so many people go, yeah, I'd watch that. It's like, holy shit. Are we really here? We're going to watch billionaire dorks? get into a cage match and fight each other? What the hell is happening? Oi. You got Mark Zuckerberg and people are, of course, there's a lot of people, more, more people, because people hate Elon Musk so much that so they're on the side of Zuckerberg because we have to choose a side for some reason. I'm like, Mark Zuckerberg, you really trust that guy? Okay. <laughs> okay, he's been, he's been, you know, he's, he's had your data and everything for the past, 14 years, whatever the hell, how long Facebook's, you know, Elon Musk is gathering it now, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I want to be on either side. Jesus Christ, this is where we're at right now, I know. Let's get it on! Remember uh, Celebrity Deathmatch? It's pretty cool. Hey, there's Rhea, I haven't seen you in a bit. 
Good to see you, Rhea. All right, there are the tweets right there. Hey, always good to see you, Rhea. Thank you for joining. All right, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at now, folks. We're, we we want to see a uh, a cage match between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. I don't know about you, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see two pasty, <laughs> shirtless, shirtless, again, dorks who don't go out into the sunlight, who are very pasty in in a cage match, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't... No, I, I would rather have their brains working on some shit. I don't need any one of them to, like, you know, suffer a, a bad blow where then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we have two, uh, you know, brilliant, brilliant minds. We don't need them to suffer from, like, some brain damage. I'm just saying. <sighs> God damn. This is why the UFOs are here, folks. The aliens are tired of us. They're tired of us. They are really tired of us. They're showing up and they're like, all right, these fucking humans, I don't know what they're doing. God damn. We got a leader over here who's like fucking, who's like super evil, but he's dying. We got a leader over here who is just getting a bunch of money from this leader over here who could barely talk. And then we got a leader up here that is just, you know, he's got, he's controlling a north, just the north part of his country. Like it's his own freaking little, okay. Good God. All right. Let's go ahead and get to these topics right here. Okay. Let's talk about uh, The Flash. Response to uh, The Flash box office. We've got a couple of articles that we're going to be going over right here. Uh, the first one, when it comes to Variety, talking about the, uh, the Flash box office disaster. So this is them kind of just talking about, you know, I mean... Such a weird thing because we all thought, not we all, but a lot of us thought, oh, the hype is there. I thought the hype was there. It seemed like the hype was there and people are enjoying the movie. Not everybody, of course, but it seems like there's just, it's a crazy discourse that's out there. But this is the uh, first article we're going to be looking at. The Flash box office disaster exposes DC's $1.1 billion problem for Warner Brothers. The climax of The Flash, Barry Allen watches helplessly as his timeline uh, hopping escapades cause several other superhero universes to careen into each other and become obliterated. In the process, ironically, Warner Brothers is facing almost an identical dilemma, and the stakes could be nearly existential. Yeah, there you go. The Flash in the second... Uh, is the second of the four mega-budgeted DC adaptations. The studio is set to release this year, starting with Shazam, Fury of the Gods, in March, and, of course, talking about all that and everything like that. So that's left, you know, that's left Warner's in one of the worst, obviously, rock and hard place conundrums in memory. It's 2023 slate of DC films are now orphans in a, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, I talked about this when it came to, like what happened when it came to the box office that it's like, yeah, you already announced a new slate while this existing slate still exists. It's perhaps an unavoidable but terrible case of timing, says a source at a rival studio. Audiences don't feel like they have to invest two hours if their life of their life because it's not going to matter going forward. So there's that whole thing that 
That sounds like William, William Powell, Sci-Fi Center. He always talks about that. Indeed, things are not going well. The production budgets and likely marketing spends for these four films will cost between $1.1 billion and $1.2 billion in total, according to experts outside the studio. But Shazam's, Shazam 2 has already bombed, earning a feeble $133 million globally. My God. And The Flash... Just open uh, with a mere, f- of course, we all know that. It's already past that, at least. The movie should be opening at 120 million domestic, says an industry veteran who's worked on many major campaigns. This is in, uh, you know, this is an unmitigated disaster, unmitigated disaster right here. The Flash rollout also faced unprecedented difficulties caused by its star. And, of course, they talk about that as well. So we got that reaction when it comes to that. And you better believe, you better freaking believe that the reaction at WBD was, it got shook. And I talked about this on the the Patreon stream last night. He got a little early preview of this. But nobody's job is safe. Nobody's job is safe. I know James Gunn's job is not safe. Peter Saffron, David Zaslav, his job is not safe. Okay? I think they were really banking on this movie. Shazam was just like, eh, it's whatever. It's fucking shazam but when it came to the flash pushing very hard when it came to that i think james gunn was pushing pretty damn hard if you think about it i think he was pushing pretty damn hard and that kind of makes you wonder too and i think we all kind of suspected like when it came to those celebrity endorsements i kind of wondering if there's something happened right there too i've been wondering that i mean it's it's all pretty strange but i mean did tom cruise actually like it i'd like to think he did but who knows We'll see. Maybe that'll fully come out. Maybe he'll come out and be like, I, I never said that, but maybe he did. Maybe he really did enjoy it. But at the same time, nobody's job is safe. I mean, Zaslov, I, he was probably banking on this one to be like his first like big comic book hit. That's why he was pushing when it came to the calls, when it came to talking to, the, um, to, to all the people that are funding the money when it comes to the stockholders. He was selling The Flash as one of the best superhero movies ever made and everything. And then all of a sudden, it just bad decisions and just crazy turn of events just made a discourse with this movie where people are just flat out just hate it. They loathe it so much that they just say the most ridiculous hyperbole ridden shit about it because it's just like, really? Okay, I don't think you actually feel that way. You're just disappointed. Okay, I understand that. But yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's like, it's interesting. So I'm just saying, like, when it comes to David Zaslav, I mean, not even his job is safe. And I, I think when the, after the numbers came out, man, they were probably going, oh, shit. And you better believe that when it comes to James Gunn, those budgets are going to be under $200 million for sure. He's going to be making a Superman movie at like $120 million maybe. I don't know. I don't know how much they're actually going to throw at that thing. But then again, maybe they'll throw a bunch of money at it. I don't know. But I'm just saying... You better believe that they're fucking worried. You better believe they are absolutely fucking worried when it comes to when it comes to this right here, when it comes to future movies. Um, And then even this uh, article right here, when it comes to David Zaslav, look what's happening right here. Even filmmakers are coming to his aid, apparently. So we got an IndieWire article right here. Dear David Zaslav, gutting TCM, Turner Classic Movies, will not help you win filmmakers back to Warner Brothers. Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson have, a, have organized an emergency call to David Zaslav that will take place today to advocate for saving one of the greatest brands in uh, Sinfilia. 
It's not every day that Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson team up, but IndieWire has learned they will today. The three directors have scheduled an emergency call with Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav about the layoffs of Turner Classic Movies' top brass. That's right. Layoffs were happening when it came to Turner Classic Movies. The network laid off much of its leadership yesterday, including executive VP and general manager Pola Chanianatrice, and then senior VP as well. I'm not going to name the names. They're right there. These people were responsible for everything from creating uh, lineups to the shooting intros and outros and for creating original shows, documentaries, and video essays that serve as, a, as major contributions to American cultural history. That was all happening. So Scorsese has often said that Turner Classic Movies on all, he says that he has it on all day in the background when editing his movies. So he even says that it gives me something to turn to, to bounce off of, to rest in, to reinvigorate my thinking, just glancing at some image or combination of images at a certain moment. Scorsese, this is what Scorsese told the uh, Los Angeles Times. It's more like a presence in the room, a reminder of film history as a living, ongoing entity. Spielberg appeared at the uh, last two TCM film festivals and in multiple TCM documentaries. Paul Thomas Anderson also, has, also was at uh, a festival this year in that same L.A. Times article said that, you know, it's the holy ground and other actors. I mean, Ryan Reynolds even posted it. He even posted about it as well. I even retweeted it earlier. Like he even said right here, Turner Classic Movies has been a fixture in my life for as long as I can remember. It's a holy corner of film history and a living, breathing library for an entire art form. Please don't fuck with them. So he just went right to it. He said, please do not fuck with them. And I will say that, too. That was one of my favorite things to go into when it came to HBO Max when it first came about was the TCM category. You have all these old movies that you could just put on, and it was great. It was a nice little library. I mean, you didn't get that with Netflix. You didn't get that with Disney Plus or Hulu or something like that. You, you really got that right there, so it does make sense. And to be honest... Scorsese, Anderson, Spielberg. I mean, if this guy is not, if it seems like things are kind of falling apart for Saslov, you guys should step in. <laughs> save this, save the studio. Save it. You guys are rich beyond all richness. You guys should all just do like, like what Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Stallone did back in the 90s when they bought Planet Hollywood or, you know, started Planet Hollywood. They went together and just, come on. You guys should save this fucking thing. Save it. Got a new subscriber. Thank you. Save this freaking place. Hoy, can you please save it? But Zaslav's a businessman. That's the thing. He is a businessman, and it seemed like he was doing some shit because they were all starting to do with it. He was a bad guy at once, like, oh, laying off this, laying off that, canceling this, selling shows. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's evil, he's evil. But then all the companies started doing that as well. But then at the same time, it's like it's still not going well. After the flash, it's not looking good. It's still not looking good for uh, Zazzy Pants. It's not looking good for Zazzy Pants still. His job is in jeopardy, okay? He still has to report to the higher-ups when it comes to that. And it's not looking good. The flash, I think he was just banking on that thing being big. And it's not. And now we got these big filmmakers that are, like, coming together as a trinity to, like, be like, Hey, bud, don't do this. Whew, pressure is on. 
And then we're going to, uh, speaking of the Flash, we're going to talk about the Muschietis, specifically Barbara Muschietti, kind of talking about uh, when it, somebody asked her, like when it came to the Ezra Miller controversy, which obviously that had a little bit probably to do when it came to the Flash. I'm not saying that it was the main reason. I talked about how there was just numerous reasons why the Flash is failing, essentially. So... Here's this from the direct right here. The Flash movie producer responds to Ezra Miller replacement rumors. Remember when that was all about? Which made no sense. But yes, this was Movie Maker right here. And uh, they asked, I'm going to address the elephant in the room before we go into more details about the movie. Did it ever feel like the Flash was falling apart when Ezra was in the news last year? And Barbara said, no. You know, as filmmakers, you have to put your head down and just do your work. Of course, we take that stuff seriously, but we were focusing on the movie. Probably was pretty difficult to focus on the movie. And then, of course, you said right here, we really believed in the movie from the beginning. Over the course of two years, our confidence grew higher as the script was developed, as actors started falling into place, as the execution started to happen in production and in the edit. Our love and confidence and trust of this movie only grew. I wonder how they feel now. Eek. And then, of course, when asked, did you ever consider doing reshoots with Ezra, as in replacing? No, it would have been absolutely impossible. When we started reading in the news that Ezra would be replaced, we laughed because we didn't know where it came from. The rumor definitely didn't come from us or the studio. So just basically saying that. It was never going to happen. And I think a lot of us, I mean, Jesus Christ, the movie would have been postponed for another two years or something like that. There was no way that that was ever going to happen. Thank you to HomeTube for subscribing to the channel. You're awesome. But yeah, so I just wanted to like touch bases on that. There's more to talk about. I know I said I was going to talk about the timeline of the Flash movie from like when pre-production to here. Uh, I was gonna do that today, but with the whole Zaslav thing and the TCM thing and then this right here, I was like, this is gonna be the main talk at all, topic. I'll talk about that next week when it comes to the timeline of the Flash and all the craziness that it's gone through. But I figured, you know what, with all this happening, I'll just, I'm gonna talk about that. So we'll talk about that next week. But man, I tell you what, I tell you what, Ezra will not be back, no. He will not be back. Uh, there's no way that Ezra is going to return. Um, I knew that. I, I, I figured that was going to be the case even before the box office numbers. But yeah, it's just it's such it's all everything's just kind of a crazy mess. It's just kind of a crazy mess right there. Droga, thank you for the two dollar super chat. Dave, can you order uh, me a pizza, please? Sure. I'll order you a pizza from a place over here. It'll be over to you in Australia in 16 hours <laughs> good old american pizza uh but thank you for the two dollar super chat appreciate that um but yeah guys so it's just it's all pretty craziness right here and like i said nobody's safe nobody is freaking safe when it comes to when it comes to uh their jobs okay not even James Gunn is safe, but as of right now, he's still moving forward with that Superman movie, so don't think that that's not going to happen. Speaking of uh, jobs and whatever not, Gal Gadot! Is she still Wonder Woman or is she not? So naturally, when it comes to Monday's stream, 
when she basically was talking about, she just was like, nah, I'm going to work on stories that I'm more passionate about. I'm going to be an actress for hire. I talked about it on Monday's stream. That's right, guys. You already know. I'm just letting you guys know. And, you know, it's fine. It's fine because you guys know that I cut out my topics. I cut out things and stuff like that. So that was a that was a brief hold for when I do cut back to that on the film Junkie Shot. All right? We're getting there. See, we're making videos as we're going along here, folks. You're part of it. Just saying. Okay. So now that I've put that disclaimer out there, um, when it comes to Gal Gadot, now she has different... She She's... Talking a little bit differently now when it comes to that. Somebody specifically asked about it. So I'm going to pull up the, uh, this Deadline article that talks about the Wonder Woman future for Gal Gadot right here. So here we go. We got Gal Gadot on Wonder Woman future. Things are being worked behind the scenes. Gal Gadot hinted that she might be done playing Wonder Woman on the big screen while making an appearance at Netflix Tadum fan event. The star was asked if she would play Diana again. Things are being worked behind the scenes, and once the right moment arrives, you'll know about it. That was entertainment tonight. A few years, and then, of course, when it came to, they were talking about that right there when it comes to her tweet. But, yeah, so that was just basically her quote right there that, hell, yeah, Things are being worked on behind the scenes. And when you, she's still gone. She's gone. She's gone. Nothing's going to happen. Maybe a lawsuit. <laughs> and wouldn't that be crazy? There could be a lawsuit. You never know. But things are being worked on behind the scenes. And once the right moment arrives, you'll know about it. A little eerie, a little cryptic, a little cryptic, right? Wasn't that a little cryptic? She's like, oh, yeah, things are being worked on. And when the right moment, it, yeah, you'll know about it. We all know she's done. She's done. After the whole Patty Jenkins thing and poor Patty Jenkins losing like two big franchise movies. Pretty quick, you know, not pretty quickly, but, you know, just after working on all that, it's just it's it it sucks. But yeah, I mean, there's no way that gal's returning. I think we've all kind of accepted that. At, but I just would not be surprised. I mean, I, I saw, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know. I saw it in my, in my chat. Uh, I don't know. Was it this week or last week? I don't know. It was somewhere, but somebody was like, oh yeah, I think there's going to be a loss. And I would not be surprised if there was a lawsuit. And again, and it's not even so much that it's the new regime, it's the old regime. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There's just so many logistics when it comes to this. I'm not an expert at it. You know, it's, I just like all I want is just to watch movies and have fun with movies and talk about movies. But, man, when we get to all this, I mean, when when is all this just going to be like, OK, we're all good. Everything we're good. And we're just going to move forward with some good stuff. I don't know. It's all crazy. It's all crazy at the moment. You'll know it. Schumacher cut. Hello. All right. So we got some details. Did you guys watch uh, did you guys watch Kevin Smith's stream where he talked about the Schumacher cut? First, he talked about the Flash. He talked about the Flash. He's seen the Flash four times, and he expressed how much he really enjoyed it, and that's great. And then he also expressed that he's been getting dogpiled on when it comes to Twitter because you can't like things. That's pretty much it. You can't like things. So he talked about that. But he talked about, yeah, he's seen The Flash four times and went over it all. Mark Bernardin, of course, didn't like it that much. Uh, but then uh, when you get to the Schumacher cut stuff, he does talk about it. But it's very interesting because, obviously, when we first heard that he had a copy of the Schumacher cut, we all just assumed that, okay, this had to be from Warner Brothers. 
this had to be some kind of ploy to build up hype for the Schumacher cut. And Kevin Smith is going to be the first one to release it and blah, 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 blah. But then he said he was just going to talk about it on his stream on the 19th, which was two nights ago. It was right after I got done with Film Junkie Live two nights, two nights ago. So I watched it yesterday. And some pretty interesting things were talked about when it came, uh, when it came to the Schumacher cut. We're going to watch a little bit of it right here. Um, he talked about because specifically what was interesting about this whole Schumacher cut thing was the fact that it's like, okay, you got sent a Schumacher cut. It had to be from Warner Brothers, but apparently it was sent to somebody else. And that's who they actually talk about right at first is the, the dude who actually got it and who was like editing some things too, like when it came to it as well. But here we go. So here's a little bit of uh, what they were, you know, when they were talking about it. You can do the Banff man cam and let's get a little background on this, this. guy Banff, right here. Uh, this is Joe Black, everybody. Joe Black. Audience. Everybody, meet Joe Black. Yes. Joe Black, everybody. For the folks who are like, oh my God, fucking Kevin Smith will save us on the Schumacher cut. It, it's not Kevin Smith. Joe did it. What is your background history with this? Uh, I got hmm. to see a special screening of it somewhere. and uh, So we I saw a special screening. I actually tried to take footage from the 4K release of it and like put that over because a lot of it's still in there but yeah, then, yeah after like doing that for like a month i got tired and i was like it's fine it it's is fine. it's utterly watchable that's yeah. the first yeah. thing i'll say is i would like, say so for a why wouldn't a, it be you know fucking bootleg cut on a thumb drive and shit it looks like it was taken off the avid in 1995 it's dated because yeah. the movie goes back that far but like it looks like an it's utterly watchable yeah. it's is it pristine no like no it doesn't look like the flash look like this weekend mm. but can you especially if you've seen this movie a bunch and i've seen batman forever many times so have i um is it utterly watchable absolutely now i thought it was a clean cut what was interesting about it um to me aside from like all the added material was it was at a point in the movie's life where they had the batman march by elliot goldenthal <laughs> which they reused a couple times but the rest of it was temp scored with Tim, uh, with uh, Danny Elfman's Batman and Batman Returns score, as well as other movies. So yeah, when you like interview with the vampire music in it, there, there was interview yeah. with the vampire. Is that what it was from? Because yeah. I heard a lot of that shit. I was like, sounds familiar. When you're uh, cutting a movie together, you obviously the last thing you get to put onto a movie is the score, right? So if you're dealing with characters that have been in a movie prior to that, you could use the previous score from other movies. For example, when I was cutting together Jane Silent Bob reboot. I was using uh, Jim Venable's score from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And then he came in and created the new score once the movie was cut. So, so about at this score. stage in the movie's life, um, before they started getting in there and hacking shit out, how long was this cut? Uh, it's not that much longer. It's like two and a half. It's like two hours and 35 uh, Yeah, minutes. I saw people on the internet going, it's a three-hour no, cut of the no. movie. I'm like, not really. No. But there was <laughs> so not a three-hour cut. Definitely not a three-hour cut, but we're not going to watch the whole thing when they talk about it because it goes on for a little bit. But a uh, little bullet points that uh, just listening to Kevin Smith talk about this and just kind of being like, okay, so what's what's in there and what's not when it comes to when it comes to the Schumacher cut? And um, he, I mean, also he actually said that he was going to show it at his Smodcast theaters in Jersey. But there's no definitive date, and I think he still has to get permission. See, he did that when it came to talking about Zack and Zack Snyder's Justice League and showing it there. It's like he I, I think Kevin Smith, he's just like us, you know, he's a nerd at heart. And that's what I love about Kevin Smith. 
is the fact that he'll just throw shit out there because he gets excited about it, but you have to get permission to do this kind of stuff. So hopefully it does happen, but um, he did. They do talk about how Val Kilmer doesn't. He's not. There's no Batman in this for the first 15 minutes. If you remember, when it comes to when it comes to Batman Forever, it's pretty quick. Where it's just all right, Batman two face face off kind of thing. Just whatever the hell. Obviously, we know that the if you haven't if you haven't like dug into what what's part of this cut right here or the Red Book edition at one point it was called. But see, we we start off at Arkham and. Two-Face escaping Arkham, and then we eventually get to the point where we meet Edward Nigma and Bruce. Basically, we get that scene before we get to the Batman and Two-Face fight, and then when he sees the bat signal, that's actually going to the beginning of the movie that we actually see, and then he takes on Two-Face. And of course, there's a lot of added stuff that's in there. They said there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, ADR that they did for Batman Forever to just make the dialogue crazier and grander. They talk about a lot about the things that were that you hear in the original Batman Forever that is not part of the original cut. It was dubbed over. It was ADR that they put over to just they even talk about like the dude like when they're in the safe and all the acids come all the acid is coming out. Apparently they added the ADR like it's boiling acid. That was added later because I guess when they tested it people were not they didn't know they didn't gather that that it was acid. Which is sad, <laughs> but what what can you do? But yeah, apparently when it comes to even a lot of Tommy Lee Jones's voice, because remember how crazy he was as Two Face. Apparently, when it comes to the original dialogue that was filmed, it wasn't as crazy, but they added more crazy to it with ADR. Like like it's just like what? It's pretty interesting. So, and uh, just other things too. Like, well, if you guys remember that, that pivotal scene when Dick Grayson's doing his laundry and Alfred's like, I'll tend to that, sir. And he goes, I'm not used to be waited on Al. And then of course he starts doing his like crazy, you know, nunchucks with the, the socks and doing all the stuff like that. Apparently that was an added scene that they probably did later an additional scene because that apparently wasn't in the Schumacher cut. It was added to, you know, obviously we, we know that the Schumacher cut was a lot darker than what Warner Brothers wanted. So we got that. And then one of the biggest things that they actually talk about, and like I said, I suggest you guys checking out the stream and just listening to this whole thing, is at the end when Bruce Wayne and Chase Meridian, they're running away from two, Two-Face's goons. Obviously, they show up at Wayne Manor, and then he gets shot. I mean, it grazes him, but he technically, you know, he does get kind of shot, and he falls down the stairs. When he wakes up, he has no memory. He has no memory of being Batman and all this kind of stuff, so it's not just, oh, yeah, the, the Batcave is destroyed, everybody, and all, everything's to hell. There's a whole scene where Bruce goes back into the Batcave to, to read, to try to be like, I need to try to remember. He doesn't know that he's Batman. And then, of course, we get the scene with the big bat, and there's like this whole thing that leads to that because of the whole Red Book thing, that whole little uh, subplot to the story, which was a lot darker than, of course, what Warner Brothers wanted. So we get like that whole, and I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I actually like that. Oh, he lost his memory for a, a time? That's pretty cool. So... I suggest you guys watching this whole stream and just getting all that. But the fact of the matter is, is like this now, now I'm kind of worried that this, I thought 100% that this, that this cut was going to be released. Like, oh, we, we fucking did it. It's going to be released. He's going to show it as movie theater. It's all going to be great. But no, 
apparently this was just a weird, I don't know. This is such a weird thing. And hopefully it does get released and we can get a copy. I mean, the 30 year anniversary is in two years. Even if we have to wait another two years, fine. But at the same time, fill up some things, put it on max. You got a writer strike going. Production is shut down. Productions are shut down. So why not just be like, well, here's some more Batman. Just do that. Schumacher cut. But then he does. He, Kevin Smith does bring up a good point when he says, well, maybe, you know, maybe Schumacher didn't want certain things. I mean, Schumacher's passed away now, so he can't approve what he actually would want to, uh, you know, be released or whatever the hell. So I don't know. It's all, I hope it gets released. I really want to see it. I love Batman forever. Like I said, I'm one of those guys, just like Kevin Smith. I like it better than Batman Returns. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're crazy. But that's just me. That's just me. That's just me right there. So, but we'll see. We'll see. (sighs) No, it's one yeah. Do you think Ezra will be replaced? Yes. It was vodka. Huh. The majority of the deleted scenes are on the Batman Forever. Yeah, exactly. You can actually, that's what that one guy was trying to do. He was trying to splice it back. He was trying to put it back into the movie, but then he got tired of it. But then all of a sudden, like now, he got sent a copy with all those scenes in there. So it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. It's almost, yeah, almost 30 years. Pretty crazy. Been 28 years. Secret Invasion, the scrolls are back. Ben Mendelsohn. Inter- I always like, I like Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn? Is that, am I saying his name right? Probably not. But uh, obviously he showed up first in uh, Captain Marvel, which, that's, a, that's an MCU movie I've refused to watch again. Didn't really like it too much, but hey, you know, that's just me. If you enjoyed it. By all means, enjoy Captain Marvel. I didn't really enjoy it. I thought one time was enough. I think after the fact that we figured out that Nick Fury lost his eye to a fucking alien cat, I was like, no, no. But it's good to see Sam Jackson back, Secret Invasion. And I will say overall, watching the first episode, the the series premiere, I enjoyed it. I like the fact that, okay, we're taking this a little bit more seriously. It's not all just... It's all just like crazy special effects. I mean, there's special effects, but I mean, it's a it's a spy espionage. You don't know who's who. That's the thing about the scrolls is you have a character that you know. Who knows if that's actually the character? So they play on a lot of that. Like I said, it was good to see Sam Jackson back as Nick Fury. We got, of course, Cole Kobe Smolders as back as uh, Maria Hill. We have. Um, Mr. Ross back. Uh, I always forget that actor's name. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we got some familiar characters that are coming back. And then, I mean, there's a lot of exposition in this first episode because it's, there's an opening scene that's like the, you might as well, it might as well be the Charlie Day gif, you know, from Always Sunny with all the shit on the board. And just, you know, you got a character that explaining to another character about like, oh, there's an invasion happening because of this, that, and this. So then it's just a lot of like, you know, getting back to it and just kind of being like, hey, here we go. And we got uh, Olivia Coleman who she's great. Academy Award winning Olivia Coleman. She seems pretty great. But yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm really digging, all right, the tone of this. It seems pretty seriously. And my God, already a cliffhanger with the first episode. It went like, what? 
no, no, that's not happening. No, it was like one of those. No, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. No, I went, no, no, really? No, don't do that. Oh, well, now I got to definitely watch the, the next episode. But yeah, so I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to review every episode every Wednesday as I've done previously. So look forward to that. So yeah, I'm liking it. So hopefully you guys are liking it too. It's different. That's what we want. We want something different. But yeah, I mean, but of course, the big backlash is that AI opening sequence that I'm kind of wondering, is it going to be there next week? Place your bets, folks. Is it going to be there next week? We'll see. We'll see. Hey, Dave, remember uh, Kev also saw the early cut? I don't think he saw the early cut of Darkseid and Snyder Cut. He didn't. He was talking. Somebody in the crowd saw an early cut and they were talking about it. I don't think he saw an actual early cut. There was somebody in his audience that saw the early cut and he was just grilling them for. You know, just answers. If I remember correctly, that was the case. But uh, Kadar Universe, thank you for the two dollar super chat. I love this channel. I've been watching you for years. Well, I thank you. Appreciate that. You're awesome. I try. I try, guys. I try, guys. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we try. But, uh, yeah, so there we go. There's the main topics right there. A lot, to, a lot of stuff right there. So I would say give Secret Evasion a chance. Not too shabby. I thought it was like, okay. So, yeah, we got, it's just, yeah, it's spies. It's espionage and with an alien race that could shapeshift. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Dave, you're right. It was someone in the crowd. Yeah, pretty sure it was someone in the crowd's infinity. I remember watching that like crazy. I did a video about it. It wasn't him that watched it. He had somebody in his in his audience that night that had seen the thing, and they talked about Darkseid. Go back and watch it. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it was that. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's see... Let's get some questions right here. I didn't post. Did I post this on? Oh, I did. Okay, let's see what's happening over on YouTube. Remember last week, guys, when I uh, I got like a big laundry list from a listener who apparently enjoys my stuff but does not enjoy me talking because I mispronounce names a lot. Oh, God. I don't know if... <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if I want to look at this. There's 14 comments. There's 14 comments. Wow, there's a lot of comments. Well, okay. Okay, so there's not 14 comments. There's just, there's some comments, and then there's just a bunch of responses to those comments. So we're good. We're good. All right. So here we are right here. We got Mr. Superman 78. It's not even worth having the conversation anymore about why this movie flopped or why many chose not to see it. WBD is totally uh, the blame for this, the state they are in now, and it's well-deserved. What many of these people fail to realize is that an incredible amount of awareness has been raised about Hollywood politics and things that go on behind the scenes that have unfairly damaged the careers of a lot of good people who actually try to maintain some type of morale in the business. When there is no accountability being held, then statements like separate separate the art from the artist, I guess this person's talking about, Ezra Miller, or just enjoy the uh, film without bias amounts 
to nothing but a lot of self-righteous, pretentious, and irresponsible rhetoric. All right. That's a, that's a good opinion. You know? I mean, it's a, it's a combination of so many different regimes over the past decade, too. Just seems like they can't get past it. Viral YouTube Shorts Official. Is this how you guys felt during BVS? Because I'm absolutely shocked that such an amazing and unique movie was just abandoned by the audience. Why is VFX the only metric to judge a movie now? Yes. It's, it's a little different, but it does feel like the BVS discourse. It really does. When I have literal people like in my mentions saying I'm wrong, basically wrong for liking it. I can't believe you like this. I can't believe this. It was such a disappointment. I am seeing the same things that I saw back in 2016. But of course, now it's from different fans. Now it's not. It's it's the Snyder fans that are saying that. It's the people that were mainly all about the Snyderverse who are now on that side going, fuck this movie, fuck the decisions, fuck this, fuck that. It is crazy where we are now, seven years later. Seven years later, we're doing this. Not everybody's like that. There are people that are like, I'm not going to go see that. And then they move on. They're not talking about it like crazy. They're not going into the other people's people's mentions saying that they're wrong for liking it or they can't believe they like this or like that or whatever the hell. It's not that. It's not that. And then we got Baithna. Baithna that says, does the DCU need a hard reboot or will general audiences give Superman Legacy a shot either way? Well, Superman Legacy is technically a reboot. It's a hard reboot, I would say. Then we got all Ibrahma Baller, 23. Warner needs to take a five-year or even longer break after Aquaman, then start the DCU. Superman is too soon. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Then we got The Running Man. Hopefully, this bad energy that The Flash had at the box office will continue with James Gunn's stupid, horrible DC movies when they come out. Yeah, so The Running Man doesn't want anything else. That is like... I don't like anything, so therefore I don't want you to end up liking anything. That's a that's again, that's where we're at. Okay, and you can blame Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> we were talking about Zuckerberg earlier. We could blame him for, you know, some of this. He created Facebook, you know, let's face it. <clears throat> Not saying you have to take Elon Musk's side when it comes to their whole like battle, but and let's just face it, it's like you got people like, I don't like this, therefore. You shouldn't like this. And I'm like, like whatever the fuck you want. I, like I said earlier, I did not like Captain Marvel. I thought it's one of the worst MCU movies. It, but if you like it, then by all means. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not hard to do that. Okay, what are we looking at here? Oh. All right, just making sure I was like, Twitter's weird now because after, when you scroll under your tweet to your responses, it'll be like, discover more. And then it shows other tweets. And I'm like, what is this? I was just making sure that there wasn't anything that's going to get me in trouble in the freaking responses. You just never know with people. Okay. Uh, RJ, how long do you see David Zaslav staying in his position? Um, I mean, if things don't turn around quickly, um, come next year, he ain't going to be there. 
I would say he's got to like the end of this year. Eric Blake, I just uh, have this to say to Zaslav, Saffron, and Gunn regarding the disappointing Flash box office. Come on, guys, when y'all didn't bother to, I don't know, wait until after the current DCEU's films are all released to announce a friggin' reboot, and what did you think was going to happen? I, uh, you know what's funny about that? You know, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for the, uh, the end, my final thoughts of, uh, this, of this stream right here. That I was thinking about today. Brad Karan. 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 I, I don't I'm probably saying your name wrong too, as I always do. So weird question. What would you describe as the worst movie you have ever seen in theaters? Uh jeez. I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, God, what was that one movie? I felt like I was there forever. What was that one movie? I can't remember. With Carla De Levine and and what's his name? who played Harry Osborn in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Dane, Dane DeHaan. What was that movie where they were like in the future and they were on alien planets and whatnot and blah, 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 blah. I forgot what that movie was called, but that was, that was up there. I could not stand that movie. That movie freaking just made me upset because it was a beautiful movie, but it was the story was shit and the acting was shit. Valerian, there you go. Yeah, Valerian. Wasn't there like a subtitle to that too? Valerian something, you know? Yeah, that movie pissed me off. That movie pissed me off. 30 Days of Night was straight trash? Wow, I thought that movie was pretty unique and awesome. All right, uh, Mati Hapajja. <laughs> That's all the the Joker picks. Actually, has a great channel. It's all about cameras and drones and photography. Well, that's cool. So we had the cinematographer on there. So that's pretty sweet. City of a Thousand Planets. There it is. Lawrence, I may get a lot of saying this. I don't care. I, and I think the Flash movie box office flopped because no one cared about the universe anymore. If Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton was the greatest, the movie would wouldn't flop. I don't think. The Snyder fans flopped the box office. The general audience did. I still have hope for Snyderverse if we never give up. All right. I mean, I don't think anything was going to save this movie. I saw somebody in my mentions, too, that was like, ah, oh, we missed the opportunity to tell the actual Flashpoint story. I'm like, I don't think the actual Flashpoint story would have even helped either, to be honest. Again, you have to put your mind out there with, general audiences just because yeah uh, obviously we, we would have wanted the authentic uh the authentic uh flashpoint story but the general audience doesn't know that story so when yeah it's just this things you got to take your you, you have to take your your fanboy cap off sometimes boomish do you think the flash would have been a huge blockbuster if the movie started uh, with Henry Cavill's Superman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, and Ray Fisher's Ray's Cyborg, Ben Affleck's Batman working together as a team instead of Keaton, it's Bale, and the rest of the same? Better VFX, too. Um, well, the VFX thing, I mean, Andy, when it came to certain scenes, I mean, they wanted that. They wanted that. And I get, like, there's some... Uh, there's some shots, especially during the Zod fight, that they have, you know, that's the main ones that I thought. I, I thought the Speed Force stuff and everything was fine. And then um, when it came to the, the Chrono Bowl thing, I thought, 
okay, that that's a particular choice that they worked with. So like when I went and saw it the second time, I was like, all right, not even thinking about it. Um, no, Keaton was uh, was going to be the the drawing force. I don't know if like if Bale would have been in there, maybe that would have been a little bit differently because it's a different generation. I don't know. But having everybody, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, it's hard to tell a Flashpoint type story when you have a universe that's in so so much disarray, you know. And he said, just a random thought. He loved the Flash, so he still loved the Flash. I know. And it's all very interesting. What coulda, what coulda been, you know, all this kind of stuff. Andrew Casale, between No Way Home with Tobey Maguire and The Flash with Michael Keaton, which uh, which of the two treated the returning OG better and with respect? I mean, I think they're pretty equal, in my opinion. I think they're pretty equal. I thought they handled everything. I think the callbacks for both were great, and the fan service for both were great. So, I mean, I, I would say that when it, when it comes to the story and the multiverse concept, Maybe, you know, maybe it worked a little bit better, even though it's still kind of confusing. Like when you watch No Way Home again, sometimes it's still a little confusing when it comes to how they're involved. You know, I mean, both of the multiverse concept take take strides. They do take strides. And you just got to pick your poison, which you think is better. Alex Draven, what timeline do you think Aquaman 2 will be in? And does Warner Brother even know? Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit here. James de Michele or Michelle, what would happen if WBD sells to Universal? Will they still continue with the DCU reboot or DC films in general? I mean, if they were to sell to Universal, maybe because it's already established and DC Studios is its own thing. So it would just be Warner Brothers selling it. So I think they would probably do that, especially if they have James Gunn at the helm. They're going to look at that as good because James Gunn, if they're going to look at his box office and especially the last box office for Guardians 3, I think they'll be okay with him still continuing. Mr. Nobody, I hope The Flash will be a slow burn like Joker and make a lot of money. Doesn't need a billion to be successful. Still excited for Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2, but Superman Legacy should be the first DC Gunverse film. But I'm looking forward to all the DC films. Great stories. Okay. Good. Darkness Under the Hood. Dave, question number one. Do you see the... Okay, we're not already talking about that. Come on. Already talking spoilers. I was trying not to talk spoilers about freaking Secret Invasion. Sorry if you guys saw that. Um, Devon Wooter, Dave, I know you are worried about Aquaman 2, but for me, I trust James Wan. That's my opinion. Do you think Comic-Con's got to be canceled because all studios... Yeah, there's not going to be a probably a Comic-Con this year. Do you, do you think DC will do the same and Tom Cruise as Batman? What do you think? That'd be crazy. I think that'd be awful. <laughs> I, I can't see Tom Cruise as Batman. Not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, Comic-Con's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Ryan, here's a rare photo of DC fans acting civil together. Huh, that's pretty funny. All right. I think that's pretty much it when it comes to that. No, like, when it comes to Aquaman, when it comes to Blue Beetle, obviously we talked about how uh, Mr. Soto, who uh, directed Blue Beetle, saying, that, oh, yeah, we're, in fact, the first... You know what? I mean, when it comes to Aquaman... They're just going to utilize the whole spaghetti multiverse explanation that Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne talks about in that movie is essentially you're just going to have intersections of multiverse. They might, they, I, don't, I don't know if they're actually going to go with this, 
or they're just going to have Aquaman probably be on his own and just not have any ties to it. But they're either so it's either one or the other. It's either you do that multiverse concept, and when it comes to spaghetti, whatever, and maybe he will be part of the new universe. Most likely not, but or maybe at one point it'll be like part of the new universe, or they're just going to remove any kind of connective tissue at all when it comes to Aquaman 2. But I was thinking about that. I was like, well, they could still pass it off if they do that whole concept of like intersection. I mean, shit, you might as well just reshoot the Bruce Wayne scene in there too and just fucking put George Clooney in there. Why not? At one point it was Michael Keaton and then that's not moving forward. And then they brought in Ben Affleck and that's not going to move forward. Just put in Clooney to do whatever freaking Bruce Wayne scene was in there and then just wrap it up. They're probably going to do some kind of dumb, you know, I don't know. Aquaman 2 is just, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad when it comes to that. Tom Cruise's Batman would make George Clooney's Batman look mega dark, right? Yeah, I can't see, I can't see that. I like Jensen. I like Jensen. We talked about Jensen on, um, uh, Mr. Jensen Eccles, Eccles, whatever. We talked about him on Monday and I did a film chunky shot. So if you haven't checked it out, do so. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We'll go ahead and wrap this uh, stream up. Oh, man, lots to talk about and, you know, more to talk about next week. But make sure you guys smash that like thumbs up. Become a member. If you want to become a member, we're going to do a members only stream after this. So if you want to be part of that, pick my brain a little bit more. I might have a little bit of, you know, more to say when it comes to this stuff. So members, I'll see you guys in a little bit. Look forward to the link on your your YouTube youtube timeline so look forward to that everybody else i'll see you guys on friday i uh i'm pretty sure i got a guest i just gotta make sure it's confirmed so uh should have a guest on friday and then of course the normal vodka stream and everything like that follow me on all the sock meds that are around me if you want to support the patreon please do so every little bit helps guys help out the pirate ship all right members i'll see you in a little bit everybody else i'll see you guys on friday talk to you later